Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We started this podcast because mental health is complicated and the stigma surrounding it can make us feel alone. So we are here to share authentic stories in order to normalize and prioritize mental health. We believe in professional therapy. We both use it on our own healing journeys, but we also know it isn't one size fits all. So we are here to provide tools from our own experiences, as well as those from our guests and professionals that come on the show. Thank you for being here as we navigate the complexities of mental health and mental illness together. Remember, hold on warriors, we're gonna make it. everyone to another episode of the unqualified therapist yes i should play the cheering now how about this <laughs> that reminded me of like a clap in a boardroom or something yeah, right it was very or like a, one of those cheesy conferences <laughs> yeah the ones that go good morning oh come on you can do better than that good morning the worst, uh, the worst. <laughs> if we ever do that public speaking just fire us on the spot just Don't walk out us. no walk out send us send us away mm-hmm. cancel us we're fine mm-hmm. don't oh we're fine is there anything worse i mean there is but <laughs> there are there are much worse things it's funny that we're starting with this not even meaning to work related verbiage oh, it was purposeful don't worry oh. <laughs> <laughs> for what I we're talking what about today yeah yeah i was i was le- i was leaning into the work sitch doing that those segues i know i know i don't even know how because my brain doesn't you know mm. we had a day guys we had a day a good day. day it was a good day really good day uh we were on talk pittsburgh for the second time this time just introducing ourselves and why we do what we do to all of pittsburgh actually you know it's like more than Pittsburgh. It goes like Western PA. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's outside the city too. So to really link this back to some mental health issues, Amy and I had some anxiety reactions to that. Not before, not during, but after (laughs) where we both were like, (laughs) what did we just say? What just happened? And then we both went like, oh, I'm going to throw up. It was wild. We got off of the show and this did not happen to me last time. And her, her husband, Randy's like, you guys were great. Like it was so perfect and on point. And the other girl who was going to, who was also on the show said, I want to listen to your podcast. Now you said all the right things. You know what I did? I stuck my head, my entire face into Sarah's dress. I was like, <laughs> I don't want anyone looking at me. <laughs> Bye. You, you hid, you were like trying to turtle. You tried to, <laughs> to retreat. Total. 
I definitely <laughs> turtle because I didn't remember anything. Yeah. And, and immediately I was like, we were, it was great. It was fine. And I'm like patting her leg. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and then I get in the car and on the way home, I start like hitting the steering wheel. I was like, what did you say? What, what happened? I know. I had no memory of it. And so then I panicked. I was like, if I have no memory of it, it couldn't have been good. It's because we joked so much beforehand about the fact that they let us on live TV that like mm -hmm. in my head, I was like, did I say crazy shit? <laughs> but no, we were, we were very polished, which is wild because it doesn't feel that way still now. If you say so. You can show me the video and I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not even us. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh my gosh. There's some behind the scenes for you. <laughs> Seriously. But I mean, I think that what's fascinating to me when we go on that show is how many amazing people there are mm. you know I could say in the world but really truly just in our region like mm -hmm. there's just cool people and I just want to make sure those are the people that are in my world yes so I'm always like be our friend be our friend <laughs> there's just a lot of people that I would have never known otherwise and mm -hmm. being introduced to them if you see them on the show it's one thing but then like meeting them right it's fascinating to me. It gives me hope in the yes. human species. In the species once more. That those mm -hmm. are those are the good people, the ones that restore your faith in humanity. Yeah. And those are the people we met today. So it was fantastic. Yeah. Um so today is a topic that we've put okay. off and then put off some more. And then put off some more. It makes both of us really uncomfortable. And probably that's why it needs to be talked about the most because it makes us so uncomfortable. We know that Sarah and I have both had personal situations with our mental health and workplace, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to help everyone and just kind of like bring awareness. I am still looking for, and I feel like I found someone on Instagram. I'm still looking for an HR person to come on uh, and talk about this topic. I would just love to hear from your perspective, how you handle it, how you think it should be handled, and what are the difficulties from your vantage point? Agreed. And before we start to dive into that, I have some really great news that I want to share with everybody. And it does kind of, it, not kind of, it does tie along with mental health and work in the workplace for, from my vantage point and for other people who do experience physical and mental illness um, and still are working. But on Tuesday, I went to my oncology appointment. I go every six months because I was within five years. And so for the first five years, because your chance of recurrence is so much higher, you have to go every six months. So on this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, I went for my fifth year. It was the five-year anniversary for my last six-month scan. And everything looks clear, peeps. So we are down to one year every year instead of every six months. My chance of recurrence goes down exponentially after that. And it's just been a great, great thing to celebrate. The five-year mark so big. Yes, it is huge, and it was such a big deal, and I really wanted to talk about that experience on here because I, in my head, had amped this situation up so much, and I was like, this is the biggest deal ever, and we're going to celebrate, and in my head, I'm like throwing myself a parade, and <laughs> like... <laughs> having expensive champagne and all of the things 
but um you know i kind of forgot that i'm a mom and <laughs> you know that's life so i had my appointment and then i literally ran around the rest the entire rest of the day i ran to go get clothes for my daughter to wear to her band concert that night um, because the ones that she had tried on we pulled them out the night before like rookies and they didn't fit and so <laughs> i had to go get new ones raced home i had to her try them on really quickly because she only gets home an hour before we had to be back at the school so i'm having to sew them because she's like this teeny tiny little thing sewing them in and feeding her dinner and curling her hair and then going back to the school to watch her band concert that lasted an hour and then racing back home so we could record for this week as well all of that just went by the wayside and so my parade like a person at the front of the parade that leads it that person tripped and fell. <laughs> well, I could have been that person if you told me I would have made a parade happen. Oh, my God. I know. No, I would have been there with a sign. I would have been like that person <laughs> at the airport, you know, and even, oh, you know, I would have had it be different letters, but it would just be me. So just run and then run, run and, and grab the next the one. one and then run. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. I still think that you need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. But I think it's interesting, too, that celebration doesn't get what it deserves. Let's just say it wasn't good. Your your whole life would have went, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in a different way. I mean, you still would have had to do all those things probably because mm-hmm. you're a mom. But we don't give the positive like that. That is such a big deal. And Yes, it is to be celebrated, but I get it because, you know, the kids are like, but I still have the concert and I still need something to wear. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, my kids were just like, oh, yeah, that's really great. What's for dinner? Are we eating before the show or after the show? Are we? And I was like, dear God. They did the same thing, too, with uh, the first time we were on TV. Mm -hmm. They were like, mine did, too. They were like, oh, cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Next. So we're, we're here to tell you that um, it's okay if you don't get the celebrations. Just do them yourself, even if you have to do them later. And that's what we're doing. We're just um, on the middle, the show The Middle, uh, they used to float stuff. And so they oh. would like float birthdays and float anniversaries. And I think one year they all like stacked up. They're like, wait, we floated our anniversary already. <laughs> it's already the next year. Mm-hmm. And Double. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you got to do. I'm making it happen. We're going to celebrate at some point and it's going to be epic and I can't wait. But I just wanted Can to kind of talk about shake that. champagne on you. Sure. Why not? Yeah, pop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, of course. It's a huge deal. Big deal. Uh, yes. And I, I wanted to also bring it up because I got the initial diagnosis while I was working. I mean, I'm still a working working person but um at the time I had owned my own business and with a partner and it just really shook stuff up there and the feedback was not great I'd really struggled and had a very hard time with managing work and managing illness and being told I was lazy even though it was like you know I had just had major surgery And then waited three months and had another major surgery and then another and then another. But I was still working in between and running back and forth and still being a mom and all of that jazz. But it's just viewed so differently when you're not present and giving a thousand percent of yourself to a business, whether it's your own or somebody else's. And having experienced that firsthand, oh, I mean, I know now that if I ever employ people... (laughs) 
my point of view has changed so drastically. It was always there though. Like I had a boss at a former company that I worked at that um, anytime anyone called in sick, he would say, oh, they've got the Iron City flu. And I was like, they're not hungover. They have the freaking actual flu. One of his employees, I was standing there when he got the text message. One of his employees, this is gross. So skip forward if you don't want to hear it puked on their floor, took a picture of it and sent it to him. And she's like, if you don't believe me now, or then you believe me now, right? Like that's how hard it was to prove to him that people were actually sick. It's an epidemic people. So if people don't believe, if bosses don't believe, if companies don't believe when you're physically ill, how are we to convince them when we are mentally ill and we need a break? And that's perfect segue. Kind of what we're here to talk about. <laughs> it's true. I think that it's really hard to, from both sides, as the employee and as the employer, what I have been talking to Sarah about, first of all, I should tell you that my views on this have really changed a lot over the past year on what I think is appropriate um, to share at work, what I think is appropriate in the way that you take care of yourself around work. And so one of the things that I was saying is that, you know, as an employee, like you have to build up some equity. And so, so you're prepared for those times that, you know, lo and behold, they're coming. I mean, you just know how life goes, right? So whether it's physical or mental, it's coming down the road. And so when you build the equity up, I like to think that there would be some more grace and more understanding I'm not saying that you have to. I'm just thinking that that might go easier for you, right? And the hard thing is, is when you've built that equity up and it still goes poorly. And for those bosses, I have no, I have nothing to say to you nicely. But for someone who's a hard worker who like, you know, really does their job, gets things done, is responsive, and then, then comes into a hard time, whether that be physical or mental, you know, I would hope that a leader would give you, you know, some care, some, a break, like grace and understanding. And I, I was naive enough to believe that bosses cared about their employees. I truly did. I know that I care about anyone who works for me. It's really going to come down to the leaders making changes, I think, for any of this to shift. And I think that if they don't, they're going to be left without anyone to work for them. Agreed. This is just going to be a conversation. We are not HR representatives. We have some personal experience. We are here to just share our thoughts and to start a conversation with you. And so we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on this. And like Amy, my views on how much you share at work have drastically changed. I believed years ago that if you were feeling ill, whether that was physical or mental, that you could share that with your boss. And you could say, you know what? I just really need a mental health day. And I was doing that because I was trying to open up the conversation. Right. I was trying to spark acceptance. Uh-huh. And I was trying to set an example for my children so that they would feel comfortable when they grew up that if they needed to take time off, they could because my parents never did. My parents worked literally all the time. I was a latchkey kid at 10 years old, meaning, and that was, that's a lot of Gen Xers. We, we came home on our own, you know, young, younger and younger, I feel like. Um, oh yeah. 
off the bus, let ourselves in to the house, made ourselves, I made myself dinner. I did my homework on my own. I took naps, you know, whatever. My parents didn't get home till nine, 10 o'clock at night. And, um, that was, that was life. And I went to work with them until I was a latchkey kid until I was old enough to stay home by myself. I went to work with them after school. So I spent, I grew up in radio stations and theaters and, you know, just running around and watching them work themselves to the bone. And so immediately after school, when I started working, that's what I did. I worked myself to the bone. I worked myself sick until I started to have these types of conversations and learn about caring for myself in the mental space and the physical space and how important both of those things were. And so initially I was like, I'm going to go the complete opposite and I'm going to speak up and I'm going to say, I'm not feeling good. I'm not having a good day. My anxiety, like I'm having some anxiety or I'm, I'm feeling some depression. I'm feeling some sadness. And, you know, that really started to backfire depending on where I was working at the time. I want to also you know, say from my perspective, again, Sarah just said it, and it's so important that we say it again. This is a conversation. This is a back and forth. Um, I have a couple articles to share that have been recently published. This is an interesting hot topic as well on LinkedIn. I'm new to the LinkedIn world. I just feel so, I feel sassy that I'm on LinkedIn now. I know it's very old. I can't keep up with it. It's another social media. And it's, listen, it's like something that never would have been in my, like, eyesight because it's just not what teachers did did and so I do feel very like in the know but I like have 31 connections (laughs) I just took a drink like So, you know, that's like 31 friends, that's it. Anyways, um it's okay. It's like when my son was like, mom, I have six followers on YouTube. <laughs> I, I don't know he why. so excited. It's a big deal. These, all the articles that I found came from LinkedIn where I have 30 some people. So, okay. So one of them that caught my eye, caught my eye so much that I bought a subscription to Wall Street Journal so that I could read the whole thing. <laughs> It's only like a dollar a month, guys. Support the paper. Now I own the Wall Street Journal. I feel like that also makes me seem really, really smart. That Uh, is not the word that came into my head. Did I say own? I don't mean (laughs) subscribe. When you said when I own the Wall Street Journal, it makes me feel really, really, and I was going to say old, and you said smart. (laughs) Also, I don't own it. (laughs) Oh, subscribe. I subscribe. The top. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bring it back. The title is when bringing your whole self to work is too much. And I, that just caught my eye and I was like, Oh, tell me more. They talk about how the pandemic basically opened up this whole can of worms, especially for people younger than us. I never understand the generational name, so I'm not even going to try those generations, you know, below me. Millennial. (laughs) Millennial, Gen Z. After the pandemic, everyone kind of had like, what would they call the great resignation? But it also then opened up this idea of having dialogue about this. And basically what this article is saying is that, okay, go for it, but know that the repercussions could happen. And, you know, talking about how if you say something and it goes awry, like it might mess up your promotion. It might influence how much your 
boss trusts you even if that's not true like that obviously I don't believe that but that just might be how it goes I I'm gonna interject there and I'm gonna say I do believe that that it can influence how much your boss trusts you that if you divulge too much that their level of trust can go down Definitely. So Scott never, ever told anyone about his diagnosis, which for someone who had psychotic breaks, and I, I'm going to laugh only because Scott would have laughed. The boss must have been like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> but um, he didn't tell anyone because mm-hmm. you know, when he was lucid and he was Scott, he knew there's going to be judgment. And then these people aren't going to want to hire me for sure because this is a liability in their eyes. This is like, I'm not going to be as productive and production is such a big deal. How productive you are with organizational leadership that, you know, anytime that you have, and I'm going to go ahead and say, I think a physical illness as Mm -hmm. well. Um, they just see you as less productive. And so, I'm not going to get into this guy's whole story, but he just talks about how he would do it all over again. The break was exactly what he needed. He, but he warns against naively expecting that sharing emotional truths doesn't happen without trade-offs. He took some FMLA time and, you know, in order to do that, you have to divulge why it caused him to have to go to a new job. And he doesn't regret it though because he needed it and that's kind of another part of what we're going to talk about as the employee what you're responsible for like you're responsible for your own health physical and mental if that's what you need i mean talk to therapists talk to your loved ones talk to people you respect and see if that's really the choice for you i just think that getting healthy is for me it was number one i agree 100 percent, and so that's you know part of this conversation too is okay, well, say you do need to take some time off, but you're not feeling confident in the place that you work. Amy and I have talked about this a little bit, that we, going forward, if we are going to be working for other people, we're going to read the room. (laughs) We're going to read the room on whether we... please read the room. on whether we share or not. And that doesn't mean just the room and just that particular interaction with somebody. That means the company. So look Mm -hmm. at your company. Do they have support for mental health services? Do they offer some companies offer free therapy? Like there are companies out there that yeah. have therapy available to their employees. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That means that that company has prioritized mental health, at least in some way to, to financially to provide that for their employees. Look at what their mission is. Look at other examples. Look around the office. Has anybody else taken time and what has happened to those people? Really take stock and take a look around what is happening in your environment in that workplace and read that room on whether or not you should feel comfortable doing that. My thought process for me personally would be if I look around and there's not some positive feedback in that, I'm probably going to start looking for another position somewhere else because your health, your mental health, your physical health is top priority. Unfortunately, a lot of companies aren't going to care when you're gone. You are a number and easily replaceable and they will be just talking about the next person filling the position once you're gone. Put stock in the people who care about you the most, your family, you. Hopefully, um, your loved ones, your health, your mental health first. Yeah, and and get some outside perspective, you know, before you make a move on any in any which direction. 
um, work is just hard. It doesn't even matter if you love your job. It's just a hard place and it's going to be stressful. There's going to be things that probably trigger. If you have a mental illness, it'll trigger that. It There's a lot of parts about it that can just make your life harder. And I believe that sometimes it's better, you know, like for Scott, I think it would have been better for him to not work mm -hmm. because it triggered it so intensely that then we lost him for months. For me, it's better for me to work because I've learned how to manage all of those things together. And if I am just sitting around thinking all the time, it tends to trigger my mental illness into another direction. And that is so personal. Mm -hmm. Like that's, there's no rule book. There's no handbook to this. You really have to think about like what's worked in the past, what's not working, you know, and I'm a trusting person. I used to be, I, that's, I just lied to you all. I am not anymore. I used to be overly trusting in just the nature of people thinking they're all like the people we meet at Talk Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> they're all good yeah. humans. And um, you just need to be really careful who you trust at work too. So even if you think you've made some friends and all of that, I uh, I, you do you, but like, I just say, be really careful what you say to who, because you need to think about yourself and your family first and how all of that will affect you. It was either Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle that said being vulnerable. I, I think it's Brene Brown. I love being, this quote. Yeah. She's like, being vulnerable doesn't mean you mm -hmm. go on and share your bikini wax with the world. She said, mm -hmm. you need to find the people who have earned your vulner vulnerability. Yes. It yes. doesn't mean that you can just spout out to everyone and share your deepest feelings. It, it has to be a trusted person. And I think I used to trust everybody as well. I used to be so trusting. I think that that just changes maybe with age, maybe just experience. I'm not really sure. You got to keep it to yourself. Keep that stuff close to the chest and only share those. You know, as I'm sitting here in front of a microphone, spewing my life story We're kind of the exception <laughs> you and I are the exception I mean I <laughs> I still hold back though mm -hmm. yeah I'm not saying everything that I'm saying in my therapy sessions mm -hmm. I'm not saying everything I say at night to Mike like I'm just not because uh experience has proven that that's just not necessary as well as the fact that I think that it was Brene again that I felt like oh shit you know oversharing is kind of unhealthy mm -hmm. and it's not a good look for yourself and it means there's something deeper going on with yourself that you have to overshare so I had to really reflect on that so I do consider that I was an oversharer and I just thought I was being vulnerable and I thought I was like being like yeah, me too. authentic. And I think you can be authentic and I think you can be vulnerable without oversharing because it's important to pick your people appropriately. Mm -hmm. And even though we're talking to many, many people, Sarah and I still don't say everything because it's not necessary. It's not going to help yeah. you. And that's why we're here. We're here to help all of you out there. Right. So why would I say things that, you know, just would make me feel better to say. Right. Or we don't say them in the moments that they're happening because that's not the time to share it. We yes. save them for times when we have been able to work through it, process it, and then and are grounded, are grounded in it and are able to share and, and share experiences to try to help. So 
just thinking about it from those different perspectives. And I'd love to hear what you all think about that because we actually got another diagnosis today. So we don't want any more. What is it? Long-term grief syndrome or something? Prolonged grief syndrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's bullshit to be honest, because I think that grief is just prolonged grief. I don't think that, any, it's I don't a syndrome. Know. I don't think it's a syndrome. You're the one that said it in the I first know. place. But what I'm saying, okay. Now that you now made that it happen you... and you made it true. Now that you made it true, you're like, no thanks. Yeah. So after we put that episode out, Amy's like, "Well, fuck! Did you see this is in the DSM now?" I was like, "Wait, I was what? writing. <laughs> I was writing the like little blurb that I have come to realize no one reads. I'm going to put something ridiculous in there and see if anyone catches it. <laughs> but anyways, as I was doing it, I was like, wait a second. Did anyone actually check the DSM? And then I just Googled it and I was like, what? Mind blown. It's a syndrome. And you have six months to get over your grief or else you're diagnosable. <laughs> we'll probably bring Dr. Katie on to help clarify oh, we that. Definitely need doc- <laughs> we need Dr. Katie for that one. I, I admit it. It's It's fine. I was saying that it was a mental illness until I realized that it might be another diagnosis for myself. And then I was like, no, never mind. What if it's like Girl Scout badges, though? We could make it cool. <laughs> like put pins, like little pins on your purse. I just envisioned wearing a sash with badges, with <laughs> patches of all of the mental illnesses that you have. And like, that's what you just wear around. Like how there's those new singles ring to show everybody that you're single. We're going to wear sashes with patches to show what our mental illnesses are. So we can be like, hey, anxiety buddy. Except at work. Oh, yes, Don't exactly. wear that to work. TM on that, by the way. I'm trademarking that shit. <laughs> Available soon in the Unqualified Therapist store. Oh, Jesus. All right. Back on track. Back on track. I got permission from my husband to talk about this first, so I don't want to freak anybody out. Um, But, you know, he's just another example. So that's three of us in the closest people, me, Amy, and my husband, who have experienced some kind of backlash from disclosing something with their mental health at work. A few years ago, Randy decided to take some time off of work for his mental health. It was right after my cancer diagnosis. We were really struggling emotionally and he was trying to I was (laughs) I was having a very rough time processing this whole thing and he you know was taking on basically all of the responsibilities because I was sort of like what is happening plus it was a whirlwind I had surgery a month later so I was literally physically out of commission in terms of like helping out so the poor guy was not only taking on taking care of our children full-time working full-time but also helping to support me full time in my, you know, processing of all this, but also he's my husband and he's watching his wife go through this really difficult diagnosis that was really scary for a little while. And so he went to work and he disclosed this and said, you know, that he needed to take some, take a leave, a medical, a mental health leave, which they okayed and acted as though they were extremely supportive at the time, the second he got back, it was one thing after another. And he actually heard the person in charge say to someone that they were looking for stuff on him to get rid of him. So he chose to leave on his own accord and quit instead of waiting for them to find things on him, 
But that's just another example of a workplace that just looks down upon people who are out there just trying to take care of themselves and their families. My God. We're just trying to survive. Just trying to survive. I don't say this story. I don't tell this story to scare anyone into not taking the time off that you need to take. He did what was best for him and us in that moment. And then he did what was best for him at the after effects. And he chose to leave on his own terms. It was a, a rough time figuring things out for a while, but... 100% worth it and would make the same choice all over again. And it's personal. It's a personal decision, but I'm going to echo that and say that regardless of the result, I would never, ever, ever do it differently. I needed my time. Mm -hmm. I had no time. I took no time off after Scott died and I needed it. I knew I needed that time to heal from that. I knew also that I needed to learn how to be a parent. I know that sounds weird. If you're a new listener, I'm sure that sounds really weird. But my husband was the primary caregiver. All that being said is that I, that time changed my life. Like I am whole again, in a sense. I just would have kept going through broken. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you just have to take that risk and take care of yourself and know that, you know, whoever, whatever you believe in has your back. Like the universe really had my back eventually. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And things might not happen immediately. Exactly. It could be eventually. Or in the order you would Mm -hmm. expect, but right. It's all personal folks. And we just want you to do the best for yourself. I do want to give a shout out and I'm going to say the company name because it's a very positive experience. I worked for Stitch Fix for a while and That was a room that I could read from day one that I was in the right place. Um, It was an amazing experience. I did end up having to leave because of my mental health. I had to leave employment altogether for a while there. Um, That's a story you can hear on other episodes of our podcast. (laughs) But it was the most supportive environment I've ever been a part of. My immediate boss and supervisor was so incredibly understanding anytime that I needed time. The company itself has support groups for all kinds of different things. And they're very supportive of diversity as a whole. And so it was, it was a really great experience working for them and working there. So I just want to, there are companies out there that exist. That's why I'm telling you this is that it does exist. You do have to look for it. You have to dig for it and, and really make sure that you're in the right safe spot. That's wonderful. Yeah. They were pretty amazing Mm -hmm. for you. For sure. Yeah. I think that it doesn't have to be a perfect company as the toxicity part Mm. is where it takes it to another level. And I think that you can still take care of yourself in an imperfect situation without, I I should put like that, like caveat, (laughs) a little asterisk. Yeah. Yeah, Caveat, like unless it's toxic and abusive, don't, (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. But to lead into what we're going to talk about next, I do, I am going to give myself some credit here too, to say like, yeah, they were very understanding when I needed the time and needed to do things, but I also did my absolute best to make up for that. So if I needed to take time, you know, one week or one day, the next day I would try to make up for that. And, um, I gave back to, and I did a lot of mindfulness classes and yoga classes for my coworkers. We did some virtual, you know, virtually, And it worked out really well. So I tried my best to also be the type of employee 
um, that they would want to keep around, even though, you know, I came with an asterisk as well uh, when it came to needing some time off. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and how what we can do as employees in the mental health space and work to make sure that we're operating as best as we possibly can. But I found a really great website, info.totalwellnesshealth, that had great tips that I, I liked the majority of them. The One of the number one things that they have is to check in with yourself. And I think that that's something that's a learned behavior. Uh, it took me a long time to actually sit back and be like, how am I actually feeling? Why am I starting to feel this way? And noticing and knowing what your signs are and what your triggers are. So like, I know that if I start to physically shake that I've got some major anxiety going on and I need to take a step back and, and think about what's happening in my immediate surroundings. And then I can take steps to combat that. <laughs> so checking in with yourself is, is definitely necessary. Here's one that I'm going to put the little asterisk next to next to, and it says to socialize. And I will say socialize as long as you're not in that toxic environment. And if it's not a toxic environment, go for it. Make the friends. Remember to just choose carefully and with purpose what you share and with whom. Practice positive thinking. We have been talking about that a lot lately on this show, and I encourage you to listen to the episode with Ask Yourself Why Not podcast. They do a great job at giving us tips on how to do that. It takes a rewiring of our brains and the way we think, so it is a process, and it doesn't happen immediately, and it's still something that I'm working on on the daily, So, <laughs> but I have noticed a huge difference since I've been putting the effort into changing my thoughts to more positive ones. And it's, it's so, I always want to say, who are we? Yeah. Like sometimes I know, cause like talk about, we talked about on the last episode, the evolution of us. And that is, this isn't, this is a part of that, you know? And one of the things that I took away from talking with ask yourself, why not? As well as some other things that have come up in my like feed is, you know, when something's really wrong, like, I don't know if I have a day full of meetings, like you know what? I'm so grateful that I have all of these meetings and I'm going to get all of these things done and accomplished during them, or I get to talk to all of these people. Uh, however you want to reframe it, go for it. it you know, it, try try it at least. It's really hard sometimes, you know, and sometimes I still say things like, I'm never going to get all this done, or there's just not enough time, or I can't stand all these meetings or whatever. I'm not, I don't mean any of that actually, <laughs> because I love meetings and then the only person on the planet. But <laughs> is that because you were a teacher for so long? Like, is that why? Yes. Yes. <sighs> That's mm-hmm. interesting. Huh? Like I love them and everyone complains about them. And I'm like, oh no, I love a back-to-back day because to me, it's like more than one person trying to solve a problem mm-hmm. and I'm not alone in it. And then like, we're possibly going to actually solve that problem. At least we're going to get more information. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting and great perspective. I've never heard anybody, anybody talk about meetings like that. I know. I'm so weird. No, I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I love a meeting. Oh gosh. Okay. So the next one is to know when you need to take a break. That goes back to checking in with yourself. Um, but also use the PTO. You're given PTO. A lot of places do. Um, if you are given it, use it. It's That's what it's there for. If they're asking you why you need it... <laughs> I don't think Lee and we'll check with some HR people. I don't think they can. <laughs> so if you want to take PTO, just put in the PTO. And if you don't, if you can't go I, into work that day and you need to take a sick day, you could just say, I am using a PTO day today. 
I 100% agree. I also think that just be responsible with it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ghost everyone. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, communication is your friend. And so can you tell that I've been supervising people? I know. <laughs> so communication is your friend. Just tell people what's going on and um, take care of your stuff. It's fine. Just like disappearing is the worst thing. Mm. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But with that being said, I am going to move on to leave work at work. And um, when you're taking a break, when you were on that PTO, do not work. Randy took PTO for my five-year appointment to go with me so that I wouldn't be by myself because because I went through this and a lot of it was during the pandemic, I did a lot of it alone, which was so incredibly deeply lonely and really hard. And so having him there for this appointment was amazing. I used to cry in every single appointment and I did not cry in this appointment. It used to be like the hardest thing. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, I feel so differently having someone like having that support system there. So anyways, he took the day off and went with me and he's like, well, I need to go in for a couple of hours. And I was like, no, you don't. I said, you took PTO. You're not going in or you're not taking PTO and you're just not coming with me. I was like, pick, cause it's not going to be that. If you're taking a day off, you're taking a day off. And I think that that's really hard to do, especially when you're the person in charge. You feel like you might be leaving too much for someone or or you're just feeling guilty. But that's what the, the time is there for, is for you to take it off. So when you leave work, leave your work there. That means when you leave for the day, too. So when you go home, put on your favorite music or your favorite podcast, wink, wink, and wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> listen to that on your way home and decompress And then when you walk in the door, you're ready to spend time with your animals or your family or your TV. Sorry. (laughs) Well, not everybody has a family at home. Some people have pets at home. Not everybody has an animal. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I said both. (laughs) Just messing. Or your plants. I, oh, those are all dead. Um. I will say, and this is an unpopular opinion to the Sarah Simone crowd, but for me it works. And this is this is just me saying this is okay for us to disagree um, because I know me and I know what makes me start to get too stressed or too spirally or whatever. So when I take PTO, I still do check in on my emails and I do respond to the ones that need it responses, even though I'm off. And that's the only reason I do that is because for me to come back and have a million, it, it puts me over the edge. And then it's like, as if I didn't actually take the time. Cause then I'm like, I'll stress out again. So it's, it's, it's just a thing that I do in a limited way. You said a time me for saying I don't that hate you for saying that that's a, it's a personal preference. I do not set a timer because I already messed up last time I said that out into the void of setting a timer. <laughs> so I'll probably have to retract it or something again. I don't want any more retractions. So no, I don't set a timer. I just try to be mindful of the purpose of checking and the purpose of responding and the purpose of the time off, whatever the time off was for. So two concerns that I have with that, and this is a back and forth conversation is one is that the boundaries then become looser with the people you're responding to 
and they may have expectations of when you're off that they can encroach on that time. And then if you're like really needing time off or you're not available, that there this expectation has already been set and then it might have this like very loose boundary that you're and then it's confusing like, well, why? Why aren't you answering me? That's just I mean, just throwing that out there. And to that, I mean, that's a good point. I think that that's another thing that like for me, it's like I'll cross that bridge if and when it comes yeah. to me. Personal preference. It is personal preference. I can't handle too much at once. Yeah. So I've got to. I just hope that I hope that when you take those days and you do answer emails that you still feel like you got a day off. I do. That's good. All right. Do you have any more tips? We like, do. You can, like a massage ball or. A- yeah. Yes. Yes. So take a daily walk. Um, When I worked in corporate life, I did this as long as it wasn't like blizzarding outside. Um, I would take a walk on my lunch break and um, just walk around the building one time at least and come back. And you will be amazed at just getting outside what that can do for your mental health. Um, You can even if you have I wasn't able to do this in the in the job that I was in because we had to stagger how people went out. But if you're in a job where multiple people can go out at once that could even be your time to socialize as well and kind of start a little accountability walking club with the rest of the people that you're working with. Getting that sunshine or just the outside air, stepping away from your work space um, can be very cathartic. If you have a large enough place that you're working in and you can't get outside, at least just walking around inside the building somewhere is also a way that you can do that as long as you're just kind of stepping away from, from the workspace for a little bit. This is going to sound ridiculous to some people and to some people they're going to be like, Haha, yeah, right. But take a lunch break. So some people are going to be like, well, why wouldn't I take a lunch break? But I have worked in environments where taking a lunch break is considered lazy, like where, where you're kind of ostracized and like you're seriously taking a break. Yeah, I, I am. So not only does it take down your production levels because your body needs food and nourishment to function. Um, But it's also pretty terrible for your brain and massively attributes to burnout. So even just a 15 to 20 minute break from your desk is going to help you feel more productive, boost your mental well-being, and it's going to make you a better employee for your employer. So don't let anybody try to take those lunch breaks away from you. That's I feel very strongly about that one because I went years without lunches. (laughs) I'm not even saying anything because you're just going to shake your head at me. I mean, if you if you have an opposite opinion, go for it. <laughs> no, it's I do think you should take a break. I take breaks. I walk around. It's really important for me to move and get away from the situation so that I can regroup and refresh. So what am I going to shake my head at? <laughs> well, sometimes I, def- I don't necessarily. It's just mostly because I'm like all over the place. I don't necessarily always take a lunch break. Um But sometimes I will take like a break at my desk and eat something. And instead of looking at my email, like scroll reels or something, I don't know, just to shift your brain. Yeah, that's a break. That's a lunch break. Yeah. You don't have to like stand up, walk away, go to a restaurant or like to a cafeteria or something. You just need to. Wouldn't that be nice though? It'd be so nice. Like a restaurant every day. Yeah. That's free. That would be amazing. And what, when I worked at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, it was free with an employee di- dining room. Did you order or mm-hmm. is it like a cafeteria? No, you ordered. You or- no, you ordered. Yeah. I mean, you had to go up to the counter and order and bring it back to your table. But I mean, I ordered. We, I got the stir fry like all the time. So it was like chicken and vegetables oh and rice. Gosh. It was so freaking good. 
or they would just make like grilled sandwiches. And I mean, we had the pastries from, I'm, it was, we were so spoiled. So, and that was my like first big girl job. That's, that's seriously <laughs> the hardest part is when you're so spoiled uh-huh. in the beginning of your yep. life and your career. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like so spoiled financially. I made so much money and so did Scott. And I was like, this is just only going up from right. here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, my life, my life insurance, my health insurance was $5 a paycheck. I had free meals <laughs> included. I was paid. My bricks were paid. We didn't clock out for them. Um, I mean, it was ridiculous. And then we, we left and went, you know, we moved from Las Vegas and I was like, what is this life? What? This is not real. Yeah. It was completely different. That's hard mm-hmm. when you start at the top. Yeah. Two more tips, quick tips. One is organize your workspace, um, which can be really tough for people who have ADD, ADHD, like myself. I have a really tough time and it's weird because I want it to be organized and it makes me crazy that it's not organized, but actually the task of doing that is overwhelming for me and I need help doing it. So like Randy will, he'll help me. But then as soon as he starts, I'm like, Oh no, 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 I got this. I got this. So it's like, I, I, it's almost like I need somebody to just like start doing it or something for me to be like, Oh, never mind, I can do it. But a clean and organized workspace, it's a really great way to alleviate stress. Cluttered desks can make you feel anxious, it can make you feel disorganized, and it can make you feel flustered. So if you start cleaning and organizing your workspace once a week, it helps to boost your mental health. And the very last tip that I have for you is something that we just say all the time, and that's seek treatment when you need it. Go find that treatment. If you're feeling too stressed or you're feeling mentally unwell, you should always speak with a professional. And according to the Center for Workplace Mental Health, 80% of employees who were treated for mental health problems reported improvements in their job satisfaction and their productivity. So really, it's a win-win for the employer and the employee. You hear that, employers? So those are my tips for you in trying to help your mental health in the workspace. Those are good. I like those a lot. Those are really good. Thanks. I think that the biggest one that's the hardest one is the walking away. I don't know what that's about. Like, why is it so hard to walk away? But that definitely is a nice reset for your body and your brain, I should say. Yes. I believe that, you know, we have a bit of a problem now with um, retaining employees. And I think that the way to do that is from your leadership. I don't, I don't know the top of whatever company it is. It's a top down problem for sure. And, or a top down amazingness. It just depends, but people look up to the person who's up above them and they really do guide and steer the organization company. So this is an article from psychology today. It's five ways to retain top talent through mental health resources. And so number one is to provide better mentorship. And with that, I think it's mostly about having someone who can help you um, in your job, in your specific job. So like helping you to either train you or explain to you like how to move forward in the path that you want to go with that company, you know, just someone who's there to answer your questions. Number two is to increase HR and leadership awareness of mental health conditions and stigma. And, you know, a lot of people say that's not their job. They shouldn't have to do that. But, you know, having a little bit of training on um, what mental health in the workplace can look like and mental illness, you know, just your basic 
education, I think makes people less judgmental and then like makes things less scary. And then we just have less issues. Do you agree, Sarah? I agree so wholeheartedly with you. I cannot believe that they're even trying to say it's not their job when it is literally human resources and human beings deal well, there with were, mental health yeah, there issues. Were other articles, other articles that I read that said, like, I'm not a, uh, a trained professional. Okay, yeah, we understand you're not a therapist, you're not a psychiatrist. I get that. I'm not coming to you for therapy. Right. Um, your your employee is not like coming to you and saying, like, I'm Make laying me better. on your couch and yeah. telling you my problems. Right. This is just you can just be on the lookout understanding like, okay, so this is what to look for for this. This is what to look for here. And knowledge is power. If you understand the illness, then it's so much easier to not have those misinterpretations of things. You can be a lot more like, I don't know. I want to say vulnerable. Like a lot of CEOs in some of the articles I've read have decided to go ahead and divulge their own mental illness because they felt like it was going to allow the people who worked for them to be more vulnerable and feel more safe. Mm. And I was like, that is, that is really really brave. And I think of John Fetterman when I think of that because of his just bravery in terms of coming out. And, you know, I can't imagine like then working for him, I would feel like so empowered. For those who don't know, John Fetterman is the senator for Pennsylvania. So I just wanted to, because I wouldn't know any senators from other states, I don't think. (laughs) Right, right. And I guess I was speaking as if I had already like talked about (laughs) it, which I did not, not even close. Um, He was very open about his depression and he did go for 30 days treatment and has been very open since he's gotten out about what depression is, what it was like for him and how he was able to find help. So, you know, I always say lead by example in everything you do. And then number three was offer routine well-being check-ins. And that's just, you know, the managers checking in to see how people are doing. And I guess I would like that to be like to think that those are legit, like you're actually checking in to see how someone's doing. Um, And really one of the things that I did a lot is I feel as someone's manager boss, my job is just to like make your life easier. So what do you need? Trying to make sure that they have what they need, whether that be in their job or elsewhere. Number four is flexibility. So offering flexibility, like the job needs to get done, but I'm not like saying that you have to be in the office Monday to Friday for this many hours. A lot of companies are doing that now because of the pandemic, but I think that the hybrid workplace and the remote workplace really does help, especially for people who have um, some mental health issues that they're working through just because it gives them that flexibility. If they're having a rough morning, they can just sleep and then work later on. Now, not all jobs, you can't do that for all jobs and for sure, because you have to be there or somewhere from a nine to five time frame. And then just reviewing benefits that are available. So, you know, what kind of benefits do you have for mental health? Is it a, um, you know, is it an app that you can like get a counselor is that a therapist through? Is it that you call your insurance company and see what kind of benefits you get to support you in terms of um, reimbursement or maybe it's covered? I, whatever it is. Also, are there like 
other benefits such as, you know, gym or yoga or massage? Can you get paid back for some of those? Just sharing whatever benefit it, benefits you do have and, you know, just creating a safe place for open dialogue. And then I know this is almost as if we are contradicting ourselves right now, but I'm speaking from a leadership standpoint. I still think until you see these things occurring, you should keep some things tight to your chest and just take care of yourself and do your job. I just think that the change is going to come from the top. And until it does, keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I, no, no one needs to know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't put it on the airwaves. Come on. <laughs> Don't get on a microphone every that, week. You know, in, ensuring that people have a work-life balance, again, you do that by practicing what you preach. It's so important that you take your time that you show that you're not, you know, someone who wants to work 15 hours a day because, you know, there are some people who will want to then do that because their boss is doing it. You know, nobody wants to be the last per or the first person to leave, you know, that sort of thing. And I just, I just think that you should lead by example and show a work-life healthy balance. This is not a fun topic for anyone to talk about because it's their livelihood and it is, you know, how they take care of their family. This is how, you know, you survive. And so it is extra scary. It's not like you're going to, I don't know. I mean, losing a friendship would be terrible too. But I mean, this is like really big. You want to make sure that you think about it from all sides and that you really are making sure that you only say the things that are necessary while taking care of yourself. I think that it's important that we highlight what the employers can do because I think a lot of times they don't know what to do. Agreed. If it's a smaller business, hopefully this is helpful helpful for those people. For big corporations, hire a team of people. They'll come in. They'll tell you what you need to do. <laughs> but, right, exactly. Yeah. There's people out there to do that. Absolutely. And I mean, there are, like you were saying, apps that you can use. And there are apps that I know certain companies provide to their employees um, mm -hmm. Who were we talking to that they said, oh, yeah, my company gives me the call map for free? Oh, that's me. Oh, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Well, there you go. I use it, too. Yeah, it was like some. Mm -hmm. I'm like, somebody was telling me <laughs> that would be you. Oh, yeah, boy. that was me. Yeah, it's actually incredible. Uh, I don't do it as often as I should, but the meditation on there is really good. I mean, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It'll talk you to sleep. Also, you can track your moods. Yes. There's a lot of good trackers on there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things. I mean, it's a good app and it is provided by my employer and that I do appreciate. Hopefully your place of work has wonderful benefits like this. If it doesn't, that's okay. Do what you can do for yourself. And if you want to find someone that will provide more support for you, go for it. You start looking for that job that's going to give you everything that you need. We know that that's... Get yourself on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> With 31 <laughs> friends. <laughs> See if you can beat Amy's oh total. God. It's actually called Connections, not Friends. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. It's all right. Please find us on Instagram. We do like to post things that have to do with our episodes um, and give you some little behind the scenes or extras or pictures to go along with visual visuals to go along with what we're talking about. You can find us at Unqualified Therapists. If you are not already a Patreon, you get 
so much more than you bargain for when you are on our Patreon. You get complete unedited episodes sometimes. Oh my gosh, Patreon's getting all the secrets this time. Yes, this will be one of them. So if you want all of the behind the scenes without anything edited out, if you want videos as of the episodes as well, um, if you want extra content, bonus episodes, meditations, yoga classes, um, all kinds of fun stuff. Find us on patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. And you can hang out with us there. Find our website at www.unqualifiedtherapists.com with all of our episodes listed there. Also listed by category, which is, I just love, it's like one of my favorite features on there. <laughs> so if you're, that's what I use. Yeah. If you're looking for an I episode, need to find something, I use the categories. Yeah. If you're like, I want to really listen to an episode that talks about, uh, body image, then you can go and find it right there under categories. It's really great. When you go to our website, it'll pop up for you to give us your email to get a freebie that you can download for uh, a freebie gratitude journal. And then you'll get, I promise you, not that many emails. It's like it'll one just a month ish, maybe one every six weeks. Mm hmm. Yeah, but it will be good because it'll tell you everything that maybe you missed in social yeah, and all the things that are upcoming for us. Yeah. Those are all the places you can find us and we hope that you can hang out with us some more in those spaces and places. But in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with us here today. And if you want to share your story with us, please reach out to us via our website. You can register as a guest there or you can DM us through Instagram. And we would love to hear your stories. If you want to leave us a quick voicemail, we can share on the show. You can find that on our website as well. We would love to hear your workplace health, mental health in the workplace stories too, if you're willing to share. Give us some positive ones. Yes. That'd be fun. Oh, please, if you have positive ones, I know that you got some negative ones out there. Everybody does. That's why we're here talking about it. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode. We will be back next week. Until then, stay wild. And Weird Warriors, we love you. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. All episodes are mixed, mastered, and produced by me, Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this one, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Or share us with a friend, relative, coworker, hairstylist, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Sharing us not only helps keep the mics on, but it furthers our mission in removing the stigma. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or reach out to us on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, hold on, warrior. We're gonna make it. We are-